would you rather eat a baby goat or a matter baby? A matter baby? Yeah. What's the matter baby? <laughs> Nothing, sugar. What's the matter with you? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, March 17th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling with Mr. What You Need to Know, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen today, it's J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Happy St. Patrick's Day. To everybody out there, but specifically to JD, have you cracked your first Guinness yet? <laughs> yeah, I'm on, my, I'm on my second. I'm uh, I hit oh. it in my little uh, <laughs> my uh, traveler here, so uh, it's okay. going to be a great day, guys. Three three shows today. Ooh, and you're trying to buy a house. Yeah, wheeling and dealing. Rachel's on the phone behind me with our agent, and we're uh, we're getting close to closing this thing. It's going to be great. Wow, excellent. All right, well, keep us posted. Yeah, if we don't find out during this show, uh, we'll know by beach stepping <laughs> later today because we'll be hitting the beach for our mailbag-only episode. You can email in your questions and comments always to nodunksattheathletic.com. That episode will hopefully go live around 3 p.m. Eastern if you want to join us on YouTube. Otherwise, it goes up in your podcast feed. Uh, no Trey Kirby, still on vacation, of course. Though we got to get on him to do his pick and payoff. I just remembered. Uh, we're running out of days here. He said he was going to do it on vacation. So uh, hopefully in the next couple of days, we'll get that from him. Shout out to the stream team. Getting to you late here. Thanks for everybody to joining us on YouTube right now. Like, comment, and subscribe. Share the show. And Immaculate Items, always available for sale over at nodunks.com. Get your hoodies and your shorts and your t-shirts and all that good stuff from Breaking Tea slash No Dunks. All right, guys. We got some Is This News fun later on. But we start with the games and tasks. Woo, baby. Dame. Scores 50 as the Blazers rally from 17 down in the last six minutes to beat the Pelicans. Did you go to bed? Because I did. I fell asleep, and then I woke up to Dame time. My goodness, this guy 50 and 10, perfect at the line. What's the big takeaway? I mean, is there anything besides Damian Lillard? I don't know what it is. Well, yeah, the, the Pelicans are a bit of a horror show. Uh, they're, they're fun to watch because you never know what you're going to get from them. This is the first team that, that allowed uh, you know, the other team to come back from such a big deficit this season, the last six minutes, they're up 17. That does not happen. I think it was 236-0 and 0 teams were uh, this season in that scenario. But, yeah, that's fun to watch in, in a scary kind of way because they're good or they're bad, one or the other. But, yeah, let's talk about Dame because that guy is – uh, you know, watching the highlights this morning, of course I went to bed. I had to get up uh, and, and do the uh, the show. Hopefully you guys woke up with me this morning because I got up, I watched that Dame performance, and it was a quiet 50 to me. I know it sounds dumb, but uh, he just allows the other team to do what they want, and then he comes back with his little fury. I, I know that he loves boxing. He is a true boxing diehard, and that's what I was thinking watching this He's, he's a boxer in a basketball player's body, and he's one of those boxers that allow you to punch. You know, you throw your stuff, and then he'll come with whatever he's got, and he's packing big time. Uh, he'll, he'll fire away, and uh, he is uh, a special, special player. And I say it was quiet, and I say he was in that sort of that box mentality because he's, he's not going to come out and just throw his haymakers. Nah, he only took 20 shots in this game to get the 50 points. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Uh, You know, he hit six threes. That gives you 18 plus 18 free throws. That's 36. And then he hit seven two-point shots. Uh, And even in the fourth quarter, you would think 50 points. He just poured it on at the end. Well, he was getting everybody involved. And again, like a boxer, like a good boxer, just took what his opponent gave him and just allowed that space. And then bang, bang. It was uh, was quiet to me. And his post-game interview was absolutely awesome Uh, when he talked to – to the TNT crew, he got into shooting, got into his development, got into who he is as a person. Now, it's a lot of the same questions that people ask of him all the time uh, because they all just say, how do you do it, Dane? 
Who are you, man? How, how are you this cool under pressure? Uh, but he really got into the process and, and talking about how he does everything harder at his age and being 30 years old didn't slow him down, nothing, and uh, that kind of thing, and how he loves his people harder, he loves everybody harder, he does everything harder. So it was, uh, it was a cool night for Dame, even though they didn't deserve to win this game and the Pelicans should have should have sealed it, no doubt. But uh, you always got a puncher's chance when you got Damian Lillard. Lee, you must have been going crazy when you saw the 18 for 18 at the free throw line in the old box score there this morning, right? And hitting the two late, of course, to put them up uh, 125-124 with like a second to go off the Bledsoe foul. I will yeah. say Zion had a good chance. What a pass yeah. from Lonzo. Uh, that full court heave on the fly. Zion catches it. Can't get much of a better look with only one second inbounding it from your own basket, but uh, obviously didn't fall. But what'd you think of uh, Lillard's performance and his season uh, overall right now? Yeah, incredible stuff. Stan Van Gundy, you could just see it on the side every time they went to him as that lead just got uh, shrunk down lower and lower. He just knew what was coming. And it wasn't the the Dame step back three that killed him. It was the free throw line, as you mentioned, 18 for 18. The Blazers 31 for 31. The Pelicans actually went 16 for 20, which is not bad, but it was the two late ones. The Brandon Ingram, 88% from the free throw line clunked that would have sealed this game for them. He he basically only had to hit one. And he missed both of them. And I looked at that Stan Van Gundy and he was just like, "This, we're going to lose this game. He just knew it in that moment. It was going to happen. And uh, and they did. And when Lillard went to the free throw line, he just stuck those two daggers into the Pelicans. But Lillard, um, he started off, he sort of knew it was go time when they were down 17. He's like, okay, I'm going to have to put up one of his sort of 30-foot threes. That one dropped. Then he had a sort of spin around three. That one dropped. And then I think Gary Trent Jr. hit one in there as well. And it got to that, even though it was still about nine points, eight points, it just sort of felt like the Pelicans were panicking already because, you know, in Portland, when Lillard has sort of smells blood in the water, he's going to come out there and get that victory. But the Pelicans did themselves no favors. Their offense did sort of come to a bit of a halt. The the the, uh, the Blazers' defense is okay, but it was more that I just didn't think the Pelicans really got anything great going just to get a high percentage. Look, Bledsoe hit a three, but that was really about it. So uh, this one, uh, this is a tough one here for the Pelicans to lose this one. I mean, a 17-point lead with six minutes to go. Even in the NBA, we always say you can come back from any margin. You should not blow that one. But uh, Lillard, yeah, I mean, it wasn't Lillard just going crazy and just hitting bombs from everywhere. It was just more a sort of like slowly, slowly, just going to sort of uh, wait till the time runs out and I'm going to be leading my team to victory. And uh, and that's what he did. So I'm disappointed we didn't get a classic Dame step back three, you know, with the celebration. But uh, it's just as effective when you do it at the free throw line if you get the win. Steven Adams must have uh, went to bed last night and closed his eyes and saw in his nightmares Damian Lillard. Man, were they abusing him, putting him in the pick and roll, and then Dame just going to work. And like Jackson Hayes, you know, a lot of the times Dame would just take the three over him because he can move a lot quicker. He's a lot younger. He can shuffle those feet. So he can do a better job of trying to stay in front of a guard like Lillard, but that's all right. Lillard can hit from 30. He'll pull on his eye, but my God, Steven Adams was just getting embarrassed. Like, I mean, it was... You know, just Lillard sees, they bring him into the action, then he either splits it, just goes around him, you know, getting some man ones on Adams. Like, just a nightmare for him. Tough, tough matchup. I saw that Worldwide Wob tweeted to ask that, uh, this is no surprise to everybody that's been watching the show all season here at No Dunks, but Lillard leads the league in clutch points scored, 124 total. Clutch points per game, of course, uh, nearly six. Clutch free throw percentage, Lee, 100%. He has not missed a free throw in, obviously, a a clutch game, which is a, a game within five in the final five minutes, and he's shooting 55% from three and 61% overall in 22 clutch games played. And oh yeah, the Blazers have an incredible record in these close games. I mean, that right there is his MVP case, right? I know CJ McCollum comes back last night, gives him a little bit, you know, Nurk coming up, I think maybe in the next two weeks, but that's Lillard's MVP case. It's just like the guy takes over in close games, but you wonder how high How many wins do the Blazers need to get? Where do they need to be in the standings for him to actually legit have a chance of getting his first MVP? Top three, top two, where they are now? Like, what do you think? Well, I I think uh, this goes back even to the All-Star game and where Luka Doncic was picked over him as the starter. Dame didn't complain. You know, he didn't didn't mention that he should have been the starter, but he definitely should have been the starter. And and I'm not saying that, you know, now, uh, in, in retrospect, he should have been it back then. There's no doubt. And there's talk, you know, the last couple of years when, when Dame 
didn't make the All-Star game. I guess a few years back when Dame wasn't an All-Star for the first time, Dame spoke out and said, hey, this is, this is bull. I should be an All-Star. And he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't have to mention it. You know, his game speaks for himself, for itself. And uh, it will in the MVP race again. I, I, I think, yeah, he's going to be... Uh, He's, he's, he's not going to make it just because of, of the record. Let's be honest. they they got to win way too many games. It, what really hurts him is that he didn't have C.J. McCollum to help him win games because C.J. McCollum could have been an all-star beside him. And now, right. and now C.J. is back. He's having, he had a career year to start this season. And so the wins aren't there. But uh, the, the fact that they are where they are in the standings and, and to be in shooting distance of, or a, a screaming distance of home court advantage Without McCollum, without Nurkic, it's all Lillard. So it's it's just one of those seasons that if you, as a voter, are going to give it to somebody that's you know in the four, five, six range, like they gave it to Russell Westbrook back in the day, I, I guess there's there's a chance for Lillard. But uh, his team needs to win more games, and uh, his team needs to be better defensively. Which, yeah, no, it's not on Lillard. It's it's tough for a point guard to affect the defense that much in in today's game, uh, but. Yeah, he's he's going to pay for the record that isn't as good as other right. teams. But uh, they would have been up there with McCollum shooting the way he's shooting. They came in, both those guys, on a mission. You know, Dame hasn't had a ton of playoff success. And so I think he came into this season uh, thinking about doing that, just that. That's all he's thinking about. And uh, him and McCollum, you know, they got a second half to play together. And uh, I, I, I think... They're going to be extremely lethal. I think people forget uh, already what McCollum's done this season. He is he was playing phenomenally well at 26 points per game, shooting 11 threes and shooting the most threes and his highest percentage. So there, mm-hmm. there's something to be reckoned with in the second half. All right, let's keep it going here. Next one, Tobias. I'm an all-star. Harris leads the 76ers to uh, to another win. This one a close one, 99-96 over the Knicks. Daryl Morey was, I believe. Uh, Joking in the first quarter about <laughs> '90s basketball because it was like, what was the final score at the end of the first quarter? Out, it was like 21 to 20 or something similar to that. Low scoring affair, you know. Again, seeing both teams under 100 is a little eye-opening. But Lee, uh, what's the big takeaway from that one? Well, Tobias Harris, yeah, he he believes he was an All-Star snub this season, and he wanted to prove a point against another guy who made his first All-Star game in Julius Randle, who was deserving. So it's not it's not that uh, Julius Randle wasn't deserving, but uh, he in the in the fourth quarter. When they needed a couple of buckets, Tobias Harris stood up, stood up for his team and got some inside. And I liked the way that he attacked inside and, you know, sort of got to his spot and hit those shots. And then he was talking the trash. And for the Knicks, after what happened the night before, a great performance against Brooklyn where they came back. They had this game really in the keeping in that fourth quarter. And then they just seemed to run out of legs. They couldn't get a basket down the stretch and partly to do with the Sixers' uh, defense. But largely, I think the, uh, the Knicks just kind of ran out of gas a little bit. And, and you know, so two nights in a row... They lose tight games that they, you know, well, they couldn't really, I guess they didn't really weren't close to winning uh, the night before against the Brooklyn Nets, but they made it a game. This one, though, they had it. And the Sixers just sort of snatched it away from them late in the game there. You, you could clearly see, though, that offense for the Sixers struggled for the first time, really, without Joel Embiid because of the gravity that he just brings to the team there. You know, with the ball and the offense, they, they did struggle a little bit, but they figured it out in time. You know, Ben Simmons was very good again. But Tobias Harris, he is the guy, I believe, who has to step up in Joel Embiid's absence because there's so many more points there to be scored, there's so many shots to be taken. And if you are an all-star, and he believes he is, then you have to do that sort of stuff, like we saw from Dame, night in, night out, when your team's uh, leader and superstar is out. So this was a, a good win for Philadelphia. It looked like the Knicks were going to be able to get one, but they dropped to... Uh, well, they improved to 2-0 in moral victories in two two nights, I guess, for the Knicks. But, <laughs> That's right. Uh, That's right. But sure. uh, unfortunately, 0-2 on the, uh, on the standings. But... Uh, yeah, Tobias Harris, this is the sort of... We saw it against the Utah Jazz, I think it was just before the All-Star break as well, where he sees a matchup and he's like, I can take this guy, and he should, and he does. You know, he's a big, strong guy, he's tall, he can rise up and uh, and hit that shot. And that's, again, what he did last night against the Knicks a couple of times. I mean, he did it throughout the game, but really in the in that stretch down the end there, I think he, uh, he hit seven points there in a row there for Philadelphia. That's what you need from a leader. And so he was talking trash to the small crowd in there, saying I'm an all-star, and uh, Doc Rivers, I think, agreed with him after the game. But Doc, we know Doc loves his own players. He hypes up his own players. Yeah. Uh, so good win for Philadelphia and, and, and some good leadership shown by Tobias Harris. I didn't know Tobias Harris um, 
talk trash. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't know he even knew what to say or to get that angry. I never saw him as that type of guy, but I loved it. Like like Lee said, he was a he was a bit of a closer last night for the 76ers. He's been good for them all season. There's no doubt. Shooting unbelievable percentages. You know, a lot there was a lot of debate whether he should have been picked for the All-Star team uh, with the Sixers having you know, one of the better records. Should they have had uh, another a third guy, I guess, there to join Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But this is huge for Sixers fans. Like, you're going to need some of these Tobias Harris performances in playoff series the, the further you get in, right, in, into, uh, you know, possibly the second, third, and fourth round, right? Yeah. Toby, Toby, Toby. Uh, it was fun to watch him go. Uh, it never rains in Southern Philadelphia. That's a Tony, Tony, Tony. Except when Toby... Except when oh, Toby's oh, shooting, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. It feels good uh, to see Tobias Harris talk some trash. Uh, let's get down with that. I want to see more of Tobias Harris doing that because, yeah, they desperately need him to be a, a guy who takes over on the wing. He is their fourth quarter scorer. He's got to mm-hmm. be the, their Jimmy Butler. There's no doubt. He, it, when when Jimmy Butler left in 2019, they didn't have another guy like that. Uh, it's not Simmons. Uh, it's it's you know he he just can't create the same way. Tobias Harris has been taking over. Lee mentioned that game uh, against the Jazz. He's been their fourth quarter score type guy from the wing. And uh, yeah, Doc believes in him obviously from back in the day uh, when they were with the Clippers. But yeah, everyone sort of wavers on Tobias Harris as being a a number one wing player. So no one's going to believe it until it happens in the postseason. And uh, yeah, that's. That's what it comes down to. It's very Chris Middleton-like, right? <laughs> That's what it's. It's so comparable. I mean, I know we talked about their numbers at the All Star break, Middleton and Harris, and how close they were. And it's like the same thing with Middleton. It's like, yeah, he can he can have some monster games in a playoff series, but he can go missing at times too. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a concern, Lee, with Tobias Harris doing the exact same thing. You just need some more consistency from those guys that are your second or, you know, and maybe in this case, like your third best player. Well, and that's what happened down in the bubble. He was useless in those clutch moments when they needed him against the Celtics. He, He couldn't hit those shots. He got the opportunities, but he couldn't. And I think a lot of the time he was settling for shots. Whereas again, last night and against the Jazz are the two sort of strongest examples of when he sees a matchup and he's like, I'm not going to settle just for the mid-ranger here or the or the long two. Instead, he goes into the paint. And, you know, he did a little fall away there last night, but that's fine because you felt that he was in control. And the team was looking for him as well down the stretch there because we know Simmons is obviously a great passer, but he's not the sort of guy who's going to be able to go out there and, and give you the basket that the team needs. Harris is that guy. You know, when Seth Curry's out there, you know he can hit that shot. But Tobias Harris can create for himself and put himself in a spot where he can hit those shots. So, yeah, he, th- that's the thing. He does need to step up in the playoffs and show he can do this in, in games that are not just March games against Knicks. You know, he's got to be able to do it when the game when the team really, really needs him to because he's getting paid like a superstar. He's got mm-hmm. the numbers. He's got the coach there in Doc Rivers who's clearly had a, uh, an incredible effect on him, and we wondered about that when Doc came over. Would he be able to sort of get him back to L.A. Clippers, Tobias Harris, where he was also a fringe all-star? And I think we are starting to see that. But this is fine. It's now... It's however long Joel Embiid is out is when Tobias Harris needs to keep doing it. But even when he comes back, he needs to still be an option there uh, for Philadelphia. I think he has been more so this season, but will he be able to consistently do it? Because again, I think that's where the Chris Middleton comparison comes in. It's like, this guy seems like he can do it, but you don't always see it in the uh, more important games in the playoffs. Yeah, next game, Donovan Mitchell's late three helps the Jazz beat the Celtics 117 109. Uh, this was the first game on TNT last night. It's sort of a back and forth affair. I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, some runs from each team to make it interesting. Utah ultimately, though, hit 19 three pointers. That's sort of their MO. When they're hitting that many, they're a tough, tough out. Donovan Mitchell had eight of his 21, I guess it was in the fourth. Jordan Clarkson, 20 off the bench. Had D Wade fallen in love with Jordan Cla- <laughs> Clarkson? I mean, I guess Shaq was sort of too. Everybody's loving Jordan Clarkson. I thought Lee was the only one uh, saying that guy should be an all star. Uh, Mike Conley scored 17. And then Rudy Gobert, I thought, had a, a, like a dominant game for only 16 12 in the box score. A huge difference maker. Uh, over his last two games, uh, Rudy's got 40 points, 40 boards, and eight blocks. That's what you want from your center position. So, like, they got contributions, the Jazz did from their their main four guys, and that's big. But let's talk a little Celtics, because this team is weird. They've now fallen to 0-8 this season against the teams with the five best records in the NBA. They're 0-2 against the Jazz. They lost to the Suns. They lost twice to the Sixers, uh, lost twice to the Nets, and lost once to the Lakers. 0-8 when you add it all up. They're the worst fourth-quarter team in the league 
Tass, what are what do you make of this squad? I mean, Danny Ainge has to has to do something right at this All Star break um, and, and lean into maybe like a, as big as move that he can make because this is like they're just looking like a five hundred team here, and that's with a great Tatum performance and a great Brown performance last night. But but they should be much better than this. Totally, they are uh, one of the enigmas of, of this season for me, uh, and uh, I, I don't know if a trade really makes them much better. It has to come within. They have to play defense like they did in the fourth quarter in this game. They cared in the fourth quarter, but they got to play it a little more consistently uh, throughout the game. They just don't look like uh, Brad Stevens Celtics teams that play really hard. They don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it is a weird season, and and they you know didn't have Tatum for several weeks and. Something happened. Uh, I didn't I, have I, Smart I don't know. there for a good chunk. Who, yeah, he's back. Well, I thought. Yeah. yeah, I thought Smart would come back and just everything would be, you know, key into the keyhole done. You know, I thought Smart would just bring everything back, but uh, they're they're not them. It's not them. So what? Like a Harrison Barnes is the rumor uh, from the Sacramento that would kind of be, you know. Uh, you know, they're, they're sort of glue guy, whether it's a, a small ball five, they, they, they try and figure it out that way with Harrison Barnes, a very good player. He's still having a good year for Sacramento, but I don't think he changes their defensive mentality. And I just think it really has to come within. So there's this team just, I don't know, some, something is off and I'm not sure any trade. Like, what if, is there a rumored deal out there that makes them great yeah there's Emmanuel Guzman is, is throwing it out in the uh, the stream team if the Celtics should trade for Thadjik as they're calling Thaddeus Young in Chicago because he's <laughs> right. having a great season he is great a small ball five there yeah he would he would he'd, he'd be a, he'd be a good glue piece no doubt um again I don't, I don't know there's a there's a there's a mentality that even Thaddeus Young who's having a great year doesn't really change on the defensive end I hate to talk about defense especially here, uh, you know, filling in for TK here. But, uh, you know, that's what it is to me. It's not the offense, as you said. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are all-stars and can carry a team offensively. Yeah, they didn't get to the free-throw line a, a ton yesterday, and, and that's an issue. But I don't think Thaddeus Young is, is, is going to solve who they are. That, that's, that's different. That's, a, that's, a, that's another question. And maybe it's just a strange season that's thrown them off, or maybe they think that they can just go into the playoffs and kick ass, because that's the way they played yesterday against the Jazz. They kind of just waited till the fourth quarter to turn it on. What do you think, Lee, from this one, or, or, the, or the Celtics overall here? Basically 500. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was up until basically halfway through that fourth quarter when the Jazz took control and the Celtics then just seemed to be scrapping. Uh, And and it's really, I mean, you mentioned Gobert and I thought he was dominant. He needs to be more dominant when he doesn't really go up against another uh, team that has a big that can really contain him because he's long, he's athletic, he ran the floor last night. Yeah, Robert Williams is is athletic himself, but he is a reserve centre. And then you've got Tyce who's... He's, he's a stretch center. You know, he had a decent game himself there last night, but I think that's where the Celtics need to improve. I, I, I don't think Harrison Barnes is the answer. I think they need to uh, decide what they're do- doing in the middle. Andre Drummond's out there. I don't know if he's the answer or not, but I'm just not sure that Tice is also the answer. He's more just a stretch big rather than uh, the defensive big that I think they need. Uh, because, you know, Marcus Smart last night, he was back, he's been back, and he didn't shoot all that well. He gives them that perimeter defense that I think they need. Offensively, when you've got Kemba playing, Tatum and Brown, they've got enough offensive weapons out there. I don't think they need another guy like Harrison Barnes because he's not a great defender for them. I just think they need some more uh, help in the middle. But also, just in that in that fourth quarter, like, they gave up 40 points. You can't afford to do that. Even though the Jazz are a great team, you know, offensively they're exceptional uh, and they scored a lot of points. And, and, and Donovan Mitchell hit those big threes late, which is, you know, that's, that's what the, a good team should do. But you can't give up 40 points at home. You just cannot do that in the fourth quarter. If it happens in the first quarter, okay, sometimes that happens. Teams will get out to a slow start. But in a, in a situation where you've got one of the best teams, not quite on the ropes, but in a position to beat them, mm-hmm. and you concede 40 in that last quarter, it's just not going to get it done. So uh, I, I think they need to look into someone like Drummond and just see if he can uh, help them in the middle a little bit because I don't think Tyson Williams can, uh, together can uh, fill that hole. You think there's a, a trade still be made for Miles Turner? Might have to sweeten the pot a little bit more, but he sure would help inside yeah. if that's what you're concerned about. Yeah, yeah, he he would be an upgrade for them for sure. Uh, he has his own issues defensively in the pick and roll, but uh, as far as his presence blocking shots, he's 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 an imp- uh, he improves them there. Um, and that is that is one of the rumors that's being uh, touted. I'm not sure what the uh, Pacers would mm. want in return though 
for him because that's a question. I mean, they're obviously not going to get up one of their younger players. I guess Danny Ainge has still got some picks out there, but yeah, I, I think that's where they have to improve. I think that's where Danny Ainge nearly needs to almost make a trade for it anyway in that position and uh, shore up the middle. Yeah, I saw a Celtics blog writing this morning that it feels like the Celtics at this point in the season, basically being 500 uh, as we near the trade deadline, that Danny Ainge has to pick like one or two routes here. One, you got to package all these young guys and the picks you do have and really go for a difference maker and try and get somebody in here to like help your chances to go deep in the playoffs. Or two, the opposite of that is, okay, we are what we are. We're probably not a title contender. Well, now let's lean into playing some of our own young guys more minutes because this is the thing that's going on. Okay, so Time Lord then has to get more minutes over Tristan Thompson. Now, Thompson was injured last night. He didn't play. Mm -hmm. Time Lord got a lot of those, so that's fine. But Pritchard needs to get more. You know, like they need to then go that way. And that's not tanking. That's just like, that's development and, uh, and, and getting some of these young guys more reps and stuff like that. But that the Celtics are at this point where they have to pick one of the two. Now, like you're saying, Tass, well, if you're picking the one where you're packaging your young players, who, by the way, aren't all that enticing, I think, to a lot of teams, because they have not knocked it out of the park with a lot of these picks, um, and you put them together in picks, like, who are you getting? Like, who's the difference maker? Because you don't think it's Harrison Barnes. You know, it's probably not even like Aaron Gordon. John Collins, I mean, I think you can just sort of go through the list of available guys outside of putting Jalen Brown in any sort of trade deal where you're then maybe getting, no. okay, now, oh, no. exactly. But you'd have to do that to get like a Beal or a Carl Anthony Towns or like a big name player because you're just not going to be able to get them. And you're yeah. right. That's like you're, you're saying, no, 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 you're not going to do that. You're not going to split up the Beantown boys there in Tatum and Brown. Well, no, you're probably not yet. Not yet. Um, wow. you're, you'd, rather, you'd rather go the other route, but I think they do have to pick one here, one or the other, because they're just not that great a team right now. Mm. They're not a title contender. You watch them. We watch a lot of Celtics. You don't look at them going, oh, yeah, this team's winning three or four rounds. You just don't. It, like, there's no chance. It's just why it wasn't that long ago that you would look at them like that, you know, last season anyway, uh, where they seemed like they were on the precipice of being good. Uh, so, yeah, is it a, is it a glue dude, somebody who – Somebody who can pull that defense together is it, is it a, a yeah a big who can really influence them on that end or can influence the locker room on that end? Uh, I think it's somebody that kind of just has to be. Uh, I don't know if it comes from the outside though. I, like somebody that, that that can just bring them all together um, because yeah I, I I love some of their young pieces and I know that most people aren't high on them and that 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 makes sense uh because they haven't produced a lot which young pieces are you high on in all honesty only only one i guess high high on a piece i like i like aaron neesmith uh he hasn't been able to play a lot this season yeah uh yeah he he was injured he he barely had a camp and uh he's he's played a little i mean he is he's a wing score that's what he is and Mm -hmm. he can shoot but he's you know he's a little guy uh, if you're going to put him and Pritchard on the floor and play them a ton, they're, they're not going to be a playoff championship team that way. Uh, I, I, so I understand. Uh, there's, there's something has to happen, you know, bigger than that, bigger than those guys. And, uh, and yeah, maybe Drummond's a, a something. Um, but, uh, again, it's a locker room thing for me. Other games from last night, just quickly. Jimmy Butler scored 28. Heat stay hot. 113-98 win over the Cavs. Zach Levine scored 40 as the Bulls beat the Thunder. 123-102. Hawks win again. Kaka! 119-107. The Rockets lost now 17 straight games. Wow. It's getting up there. What's the record? <laughs> I mean, they're getting close, uh, aren't they? 20... 26. 26? Yeah. In, in... The Sixers. The Sixers, I think it was. was. That what it was? The... Yeah. Cavs yeah. or Sixers had a long yeah, I think the Cavs. I think the Cavs still hold that streak. Now, if you go to that dumb Wikipedia page, which I did this morning, the longest losing streaks, there's a top... Uh, the top team is 28 but that goes over two seasons. No, so it doesn't, doesn't count. count. Philadelphia, doesn't count. yeah, yeah it doesn't it does count. Not, no, it doesn't count. So twenty six, I think, yeah. is the actual record. Am I right? Yeah, it's that? it's actually, yeah, it is. It's twenty six. It's Cleveland, but Philadelphia has that record as well oh, from uh, the season prior. But that was obviously when they were just tanking. But uh, yeah, Ooh. yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, think the Rockets get, will get there. Christian Wood is supposed to be back next game. No, that's true. They haven't won a game when he hasn't played. Right? Yeah, he left. <laughs> they started losing. So yeah. you know, if he could bookend that losing streak he'd look awesome he comes back and they win he's gonna look great and then the final game lebron 99th triple double uh the great the great one wayne gretzky shout out to him uh the lakers crushed the wolves 137 121 just a few things from those games you know we were joking uh, we're always talking about the mvp conversation the table we said last time i think we talked about jimmy butler that he's at the bar right lee he's not at the table 
He's at the bar. He is definitely ordering shots for everybody, bartenders <laughs> included. He's having way more fun, I think, at the bar. Everybody's yeah. like a little more buttoned up, a little more formal at the actual MVP table. But Jimmy's going crazy. He is playing phenomenal as the Heat keep rolling. So, uh, you know, yeah. we'll talk about Yeah, go ahead. Well, just uh, with the Celtics again losing last night, and uh, you know it's a, it's a game and a half they're up on them. The Charlotte Hornets are actually in fifth mm-hmm. now, and the Heat I think have got the paces in the next two games here. But yeah, this is uh, this is Jimmy Butler just out there, just like I, I'm a very very good player when I play, and uh, it just changes so many things for Miami because when they were down and they were, I think they were uh, seven games below 500 at one point, they looked bad. But he just comes back and just installs a mentality on that team that the Heat culture. Okay, it was against the Cavs, sure. But still, this is where they just need to quietly bank those wings and climb in the standings, and uh, they're doing a great job of it. Yeah, Jimmy, he's, he hasn't played enough games. He just can't get in the MVP conversation. They won't let him at the table. The waiter's coming over and saying, no, I haven't got any more chairs. It's all crammed in there. But yeah, you can buy a round of shots for the boys. Yeah, that's fine. That's right. You can do that. He's, he's celebrating. Trust me. He's gonna, <laughs> yeah. He might get there. Give him a little bit more time here. They keep winning. Uh, Who's got a better chance? Jim, Jimmy or uh, Lillard, do you think, of pulling it off of, as a dark horse? Oh, Lillard by a mile. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think that's a question. I, 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 like Lillard will be a top five for sure at the end of the season. He, if he didn't play a game from yeah, here on he out, he'd be. probably be top five. He should be. He should yeah, be. Yeah, he will be. It just depends on the wins and the I position. Get it. I get it. But look, Jimmy's going to try and get his way to that table. He might figure out a way. He'll walk over <laughs> in his cowboy boots and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, the waiter will be distracted. He'll just grab a table from yeah. a chair from an empty table. Yeah, he'll table. pull up another table. Like he, He's sly like that. Um, shout out to Trey Kirby. I wish he was here this week. He's destroying me this week. I started thinking about it. Bulls defeated the Raps, right? I think that was on uh, Sunday. So we're talking about it on Monday. Uh, Trace Bulls, of course. And then last night, Trace Bulls defeat uh, my second favorite team, Canadian Thunder. So he's rolling. And Trey, uh, if you are watching or listening later in the day, Lowry Marketing, huge dunk on Sweet Moses Brown. What a decent game for OKC, by the way. Uh, but that could be his first top shot moment. Who knows? Doesn't wow. have one yet. Huge wow. dunk. He, he doesn't have one yet? This has got to be a moment. This was well, yeah, monstrous. Maybe because it's Lowry Marketing, it maybe it didn't go up like, uh, you know, an Anthony Edwards dunk. But this is huge on a guy. Yeah. You know, people didn't give this enough love. Stacey King went bonkers. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was on Moses Brown and he, Stacey King immediately he said, what did Brown do to you, Larry? Oh, it's so good. Good. Way he's to go, Stacy. You're on. Uh, and the final sort of, uh, I guess it's a question from those other games, as I called them. Tass, I noticed on this morning's What You Need to Know that you avoided saying anything about the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> and they won yeah. their sixth consecutive game. And I've been watching. I've been loving your morning shows. And every time the Hawks would win, you would make a, a point of saying, yeah. Yeah, I'm not buying into it. It doesn't really mean much. Yeah, they haven't lost with Nate Mimmel. Not, not yet. You did it after like when three, four, five, and then six. You didn't say anything. So have you? Uh, are you coming around or now nah, is against the Rockets? Who cares? Even though they're six and zero under Nate McMillan. <laughs> well, listen, I, I love my man Lloyd Pierce, so I'm always going to say the Hawks made a mistake when they fired okay, him. But I, fair. I did mention them. I said, you know, Gallinari has has, has finally turned it around. That's very big for them, mm-hmm. um, and. and you know, he looks like the guy that they signed to, for $20 million per. That makes sense. Uh, he, he, he stretches the floor and Trey's finding. But listen, they, they obviously have something going on uh, that's good that I will never give them credit for. But uh, it, 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 can, it can happen. Listen, they, they, they've, they've got a flow about them. Uh, they seem to know their roles. I mean, this, this is a week till the trade deadline, and now there's going to be something else. That's going to be thrown at them. Like, mm. They can't go forward with the same rotation, I, I don't think. I think there's going to be another change. And uh, I don't know if this is going to last all that long. That's all I got to say. You know, John Collins feeling good in his role, you know, playing at 17 and 9. But he wants to be a max guy. So is he going to be dealt? But they have beat the teams that they are in front of. And uh, Gallinari balling, you know, four of his last five games, 20 plus. He had 29 in this one. Tony Snell can't miss. And so you can't just load up on Trey Young at this point. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, be- they're beating teams that they should be beating. Yeah, uh, and some of those, because because they don't have guys. were like big, big comebacks, too. Like, they maybe had no right to win. But you're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, look, hey, their whole goal 
with firing Lloyd Pierce was get in the damn playoffs, get in mm. the play-in tournament, and you know, okay, six-game winning streak in the uh, Eastern Conference. That's going to help you in the standings. So yeah. they're getting the dubs for them, and uh, as, even if the competition hasn't been that great. They've got the, they've got the Thunder next at home, and then they go on an eight-game road. There Western we go. Conference, there we go. We'll uh, find out if they're so that, and, they, and they've got yeah, the Clippers, Lakers, the yeah. uh, Nuggets, Suns. So. We might find out which, which sort of team they are at the end of that Eight one. Eight games. Absolutely. That's, that's yeah. a lot. And, and Sam Unoto mentions this in, in the stream team that I did this to Giannis when I called Giannis overrated in 2015. <laughs> oh, I was, boy. you know, well, listen, I wasn't wrong then. Uh, but I'm not smart enough to be using uh, reverse psychology here either. I live in Atlanta. Mm. I want to see the Hawks great, but, uh, you know, I'm just not buying it quite yet. But, hey, I, I hope, I really hope they do turn it around. I, I thought this would be a playoff team coming into this season. True. So, hey, let's watch some, uh, some Thunder Hawks on Thursday night. Can't wait. All right. It's time for Is This News? Oh, it's been so long since I give you guys an NBA headline and you tell me whether or not it's actually newsworthy. First one, Bleacher Report. Doc Rivers says Ben Simmons is a lock, quoting him there, to win NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Juicy headline, Bleach Report. They're really good at these headlines, Lily. Is this news? No, this is not news that Doc Rivers would support one of his own players in what? 2015. He in 2015, he wanted an investigation if DeAndre Jordan didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. He didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, ben Simmons is a lock, in my opinion, for the all-defensive team. He was last season. Yep. But a lock for winning Defensive Player of the Year, he is far from it. I think Rudy Gobert is in the box seat to win that this season. Far uh, from it? I don't know about that. Well, he's far from a lock. I mean, a lock to me is like Jordan Clarkson's a lock to win Sixth Man of the Year. The LaMelo Ball's Agreed. a lock to win Rookie of the Year. I would I not say I would not say that there's anyone else really in a uh, award position who's a lock at this stage. I would say Rudy Gobert is the favorite. Okay. You know, MVP. There's several favorites right now, but um, you, you know, a coach really sees and and has someone like Ben Simmons at his disposal to say guard the point guard, guard the center, guard the power forward, guard the shooting guard, get out on the perimeter, rebound the ball, start the fast break. That's clearly what Ben Simmons does for the Philadelphia 76ers, and I think Doc Rivers wants more recognition for him. Because of that, mm-hmm. um, I think most people now, even casuals to the game, uh, appreciate what Ben Simmons does defensively. But when it comes to defense, you know, statistically, these things just don't stand out as much as if, like, a guy like Bradley Beal's having 35 points a game, for example, you say, well, see, he's clearly having a great season. You can't always see uh, in the box score the statistical uh, impact that someone like Ben Simmons has on them defensively. But when you're watching the game and his player's got the ball, they almost every time pass out or can't get a good shot off or they can't beat him off the dribble because he's so versatile and he's so quick. So those sorts of things, uh, the eye test proves it more than the statistics do. But uh, he's an incredible defender. And, and, you know, Doc Rivers, I'm sure, is thrilled to have him, of course, on his team. But he is not a lock to win Defensive Player of the Year. Tass, what do you think? No, he's not a lock. Um, but it, it is good that the, the common fan is understanding what Ben does because he is a badass on that end. And uh, I think, you know, the stats of like deflections and, and loose balls recovered, the hustle stats as they are uh, listed on NBA.com. Thanks, John Schumann, for updating that every morning. Uh, <laughs> those um, those are becoming uh, and should be becoming a little bit more uh, part of the, the chat when we talk defense. Uh, I think those are, are super important. Fred Van Vliet has been thrown in there as the, the leading deflections man. So I love uh, I, I love talking about Ben Simmons because, with what he does. But it's it's just hard for a, you know, a wing type guy, uh, a guy who doesn't guard the rim, essentially, because he does guard everybody. It's it's totally true. But he does, doesn't necessarily guard the rim. It, it's hard in today's NBA where nobody's you know touching anybody um, to, to win it on the perimeter. It's easier. It's still easier for for a big guy to do it, especially because you can get to the rim so easily. So big guys make an impact. So, uh, you know, Ben could he could he could win it, and uh, Doc is, you know, Doc's his, trying to help his case. That's what he's doing. Yeah. yeah, and he's also trying to help his guy. You know, be be more confident on the offensive end too. I think you know he's just trying to he's trying to pump him up because yeah. yeah, Joel Embiid, you're our MVP, but we're not just going to win with Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris, you're an All Star, but. You know, we, we also need Ben Simmons to be great. So it's, uh, yeah, Doc's, Doc's a, a master motivator. That's why he's been so good for so long. I like this comment here from uh, PJ. 
Lee does to Ben what Tass did to Giannis. Aussie to Aussie, Greek to Greek. No hate, just love. I see what you guys are doing. No politics. Pick your countrymen. Yeah, and then you like uh, say, ah, you're not there yet. You can be better. That's yeah. just tough love. Mm. Uh, and it worked for Giannis. Two-time MVP. You know, Tass calling him overrated way back in the day. And then now I see what you're doing here, Lee. Yeah. Ah, you could be better. You could hit a three. You could lock it up a little bit more yeah. on the defense end. You guys are smart, man. Yeah. Well, Ben's dad, Dave, of course, used to play for the Melbourne Tigers. Uh, it's funny. because my I remember... favorite sitcom in Australia, Ben's friend. <laughs> Ben's dad, Dave. <laughs> I think, Ben, from what I remember, though, Dave, he was a, a much more uh, talented offensive player, but not as good defensively. So somehow there was like almost like a Freaky Friday sort of situations happening. Where right. Ben's become an incredible defensive player and not a great shooter of the ball. Anyway, offensively he's good, but just not a great shooter of the ball. But Andrew Gage just throw, used to throw those lobs to big Dave Simmons. The double D's, Dave Simmons, Dave Colwood. Shout out to the Melbourne Tigers in oh, the late wow. 80s, early 90s. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah, four, mor- uh, four morning poops uh, putting in the comment section in the stream team. Skeets, get that going for uh, SGA there. Start saying he'll never make an all-star team. Wow, yeah, I need to... You know, flip it on its head here and stop saying he's going to make it. Say, you're never going to make it, kid. You're going to be, uh, you're just going to be always on the outs. It's a good idea. I love this reverse psychology. You get these guys playing harder. Okay, next one. The Athletic. Yeah, shout out to The Athletic. Guys, go subscribe. Theathletic.com slash no dunks. We did confirm, Tess. $1 a month for new subscribers. Is that correct? I confirmed it was headed in that direction. Have you checked? I haven't checked. Uh, me neither. But... We, we've been we've told the higher ups that we yeah. need to uh, we've done our job deal. yeah we, we, we've done our job is a good way to put it okay so the uh, the headline though from the athletic LeBron James becomes part owner of the Boston Red Sox is this news Tess very good headline the athletic can write some good headlines too that's right uh, yeah so LeBron um, 36 years of age young man uh, he's already owned two percent of the Liverpool soccer franchise which is owned by the same ownership group that also owns uh, the boston red sox he's got a relationship with him so he's expanding that relationship uh and uh it, yeah this is this is huge news because the, the fenway sports group which owns uh, the Sox, owns liverpool it's among the largest ownership entities in the world i've learned recently he and maverick mm-hmm. carter will become the first black partners of that entity so yes very very big news congrats to them uh, and congrats to uh to FSG. Uh, also, though, just just on another front, when he was asked about this, uh, he was asked about purchasing an NBA team. So this is big news to me. The athletic writer Jovan Buha transcribed it. He reiterated that he wants to own his NBA franchise after he retires. Quote, that's my goal. My goal is to own an NBA franchise, and it'll be sooner than later. Yeah. Excuse me? Yep. This guy's got a plan. Uh, you know, he's always calculated. So when's it happening? Sooner rather than later. I mean, he's still got to play a few years. There's no way he can own one, you know, in the next few years. Uh, that's not legal. You can own uh, the Sacks, um, but you, you can't own uh, any team in the NBA until you retire. So, uh, I mean, he's probably going to do it when he's, you know, early 40s. He's already got a plan. Was he bringing the Sonics back? I, I want to know what team, what yeah. franchise is LeBron James going to own? That's fascinating to me. Like, is it, yeah. a, is it an expansion team? Because yeah. by then, are you know, are we adding teams? Is there new squads? I think I think it's the Sonics. I think it's the Sonics because how can wow. he say how can he say I'm going to own a team when he doesn't know if it's going to be sold? He's, it seems like he's got a plan, oh, you know? well. and and that that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what is, well, I think he's just got a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but does he have does he have does he have franchise owning money though? I mean, you're looking at I would think at least two think and a half billion. Yeah. Two and a half billion to get started on, on any team. I mean, you can take teams like the Lakers and the Knicks. He's not going to be able to afford them. So maybe an expansion team. But even for LeBron, as much money as he's got, you know, that's a, it's a different level when you have uh, owning an NBA franchise money. And uh, I mean, he'll obviously get other you know people to come along and investors and yeah. things like that. But uh, still, I mean, he's uh, like, how much? What do you think his net worth is right now? I think he's worth I a billion. I mean, probably. I mean, I don't know. I actually have no yeah. clue. I never know in these I, things. But I, I think LeBron wouldn't have a problem when it's all said and done after he's played finding people to uh, yeah to go into business with him. Yeah, to own a franchise. Yeah. Let's well, just put it that. Like, and yeah, getting his tentacles out there right now. Like he's yeah, done for years. Exactly. I mean, he's developed a relationship with with FSG here, Fenway Sports Group. That's yep. yeah, uh, monstrous. I don't know how much money he has, but I definitely know he can afford. Theathletic.com slash no dunk subscription for one dollar a month. I'm pretty sure. Damn right. You think yeah. LeBron has uh, got a subscription to the Athletic? I bet yeah. you he does. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's reading Booha for sure. There's no <laughs> doubt. Booha. Uh, I, 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 I want to know if there's uh, some from some Beantown boys in the uh, in the stream team here. How do they feel about LeBron owning a Boston team? Because he already owns the Celtics technically, but uh, you know, now oh, he's going to yeah, officially. Raptors fans were catching strays. Like I saw that tweet going around. Like, oh, what LeBron already owns? Well, Liverpool yeah. and uh, now Boston's uh, Red Sox and yeah. the Toronto Raptors. I was like, oh, jeez, God. Yeah, yeah, that's Damn, the thing. That hurts still. He doesn't have any uh, official equity, but he certainly uh, <laughs> owns those franchises living, in a different living way. Living rent-free exactly, right here. Exactly, LeBronto exactly, forever. Yeah. yeah, no, you are right. This is news to me, though. Like, This is just like him coming out, especially like uh, clarifying to, uh, to Buha and the Athletic like that. Like, yeah, I'm going to be owning a franchise, like an NBA franchise. So this is just a, just a start here for me and Maverick Carter. And I believe him. If he says it, then yeah. I mean, he says what? I'm sticking around. To play with my son in the NBA, it's basically on record, right? I think yep. he's said that. Yeah. yeah. So I'll do that, and then probably you'll play, you know, for a year or two with him, Bronny Jr., uh, and then hang it up, I guess, and get into owning a team. And it'll just be uh, figuring out, yeah, what team he's going to buy. What yeah. would be the craziest team for LeBron to own? I mean, it's pretty weird when you think that MJ has the Hornets. Yeah. <laughs> well, then that's the thing. Like, it's going to have to be one of those smaller franchises, I Probably. think. Because, uh, you know, like, I don't think the Bulls, you won't be able to buy them. I mean, so who's available? That's it's got to be the Kings, right? Ah, very good, JD. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The nice. Wolves, right? Yeah. I guess the Minnesota Timberwolves, aren't they? Uh, you know, wasn't Garnett all pissed off that. Uh, yeah. It wasn't taken seriously in, in their uh, ownership group trying to get in there? Yeah, we'll see. All right. I, I saw, yeah, people saying, well, the Wolves are up for sale. Just, it's totally true. He could buy them, get get involved there, get Kevin Garnett in a, on it, but are they oh, going to wow. be sale for four years? When, yeah, exactly. That's when LeBron will be playing with his son? I, I just, you know, when you say it like that, LeBron's going to own a team, and he's going to play four more years, he's going to become the all-time leading scorer, and he's going to wait to play with his son. I mean, the the... The least likely thing in that equation, which would happen, is his son getting to the NBA. I mean, how much pressure on that kid? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's LeBron's kid, so I'm sure he can deal yeah. with it. Yeah, I was going to say, LeBron was under pressure like when he was like 15, 16 years old. It turned out okay for him. Maybe they, they thrive under those conditions. Final headline, JD, I'm coming to you first because this one was mm. fantastic. Variety. Yes, variety is where we go to get our basketball news. Great. Adrian Brody. Cast as Pat Riley in HBO's 1980s Lakers series. Is this news, JD? Well, yes, finally, there's some important news on this show. Uh, I perked up when I saw this in the doc. Um, Of course, it's news. Uh, It's interesting news because it's an interesting choice. Uh, I I had a little squiz at uh, Brody's IMDb page, and I realized. Oh, wow. I haven't seen I haven't seen a ton of what he's been in. I mean, I've seen a lot, but I didn't realize just how much he's been in. Uh, but what I have seen him in, he's always great, always uh, it, one of the most likable people on screen. But I find it to be a bit of a weird casting choice, just because he sort of brings like a quiet vulnerability to all of his roles, you okay. know, and yeah. I do not think of Pat Riley as a quiet to vulnerable guy, you know, like, I mean, with all due respect to, uh, Rolando Blackman, uh, <laughs> Pat Riley is the paragon of, of confidence. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> yep. so, I mean, it's, it would be hard. It's hard for me to imagine Adrian Brody standing in front of a, parade guaranteeing a second a repeat a championship you know what i mean like but uh you know maybe he'll bring some humanity to uh to pat riley because i'm i'm not that familiar with pat riley but every time i see him he's just the he's just the ultimate cool dude slick back hair he's just just the you know he's the the quintessential champion so um but you know what i think that they actually buried the lead of this story because Adam McKay is involved in this. He, I think he's oh. directing the pilot, and he's uh, he's uh, he's the executive producer. Or what? There's like several executive producers, but uh, that guy since 2015 has just been batting a thousand. I mean, he's famous for you know he's he's uh, Will Ferrell's partner uh, and uh, in, in his their production company. But he's he's done like Anchorman, the other guys, Step Brothers. Those are classic comedies, yeah. but. Really, like, The Big Short is such an awesome movie. Um, Vice, which I loved. And 
Uh, he's executive producer, and he, I think he's directed one of the episodes of Succession. That's like the best show on television right now. So this is going to be good. It's I'm wow. a, I'm actually legit excited for this. Um, you know, and I'm not that into basketball, but I think, you know, I'm not that into finance either, but I loved the big short. So, <laughs> right. So, yeah, you're this is news. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm super pumped for this. I was joking on Twitter yesterday, Lee, that I can't wait for the Magic Johnson tweet where he lists his favorite Adrian Brody performances, his favorite movies, all 15 yeah. or 16 of them. He just takes us through a list in, in no particular order. But what, what do you think, Lee, of this uh, headline? Yeah. Do you remember uh, Andy Garcia's character in Ocean's Eleven, um, the, mm-hmm. the hotel uh, casino mm-hmm. owner? Yeah, I think that is what they need for this role. For Pat I think, Riley. I, yeah, I think because he had the slick back hair, he had that sort of quiet confidence about him. Uh, but Andy Garcia, I guess he's uh, he's pretty old these days. I was going to so say I'm, we need a young Pat. Yeah, younger, yeah, Pat Riley is the yeah, problem here. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that's the sort of character I think they would try to create uh, for Pat Riley. Just that, like you know. No one messes with that guy. He's in complete control. And, um, you know, uh, that uh, that was Andy Garcia, I thought, was perfect in that uh, position as the as the uh, casino boss owner. Or okay. casino owner, wasn't he, I guess, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tass, any yeah. thoughts uh, to this one? Uh, Succession is still the best show on TV, J.D.? I have two. Well, uh, you know, it hasn't been on in over a year, but... Uh... It's the it's my favorite show in the last I don't know two years or whatever. Oh okay, for oh, sure. Okay, all right. That's all I, I got, need to know. Okay, yeah. I uh, I got an update because we're only talking about actors and sort of basketball. Our friend Joe Mandy, mm. he uh, texted me yesterday because we were talking about Jason Sudeikis and whether or not he's like actually good at basketball or how good he you know could Lee take him. <laughs> well, Joe Mandy. <laughs> He texted me, he said, haven't played with Sudeikis myself, but he's apparently very good, and he played AAU ball. Wow. So, you know, yeah, got to a somewhat of a higher level there, or high level. We yeah. were showing, uh, obviously, news clippings, I guess it was, Tass, right, on yesterday's show. So, Sudeikis, Lee, I think I'd be going with him over you. Yeah, how old is he? Do we know? Do we decide? I, d- I don't know. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, well, well, if uh, Joe knows him, then text him back and see if uh, Sudeikis well, is up for a little okay. one-on-one. Sure. You know? Yeah, we'll make that happen for sure. Done. Do it for charity. I love it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's hear from you guys. Were those three headlines newsworthy? <laughs> they were to us, damn it. We just uh, <laughs> talked about them here on No Dunks. But let us know in the stream team. Let us know in the comments. Okay. We still have Tweet of the Night, and uh, we'll obviously get to pick them. But Tass, talk to me about your glasses, man. Time for Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Got a great one here from last night. It was making the rounds in the NBA Twitter sphere. It's from at Mike Vorkanoff from The Athletic. <laughs> he tweeted this photo with the caption, Damn, Monty McCutcheon went all in on his quarantine beard. And yes, this is a photo of former NBA official and obviously still working with the league, Monty McCutcheon. Wow, what a beard, what a look. I mean, I don't know if those are Felix Grays, but those are incredible glasses. And... I saw the Ringer NBA asking, what does it look like he does for a living? Because it sure doesn't look like he might be like the senior vice president of like uh, officiating there in the NBA. Great answers. I just wanted to run through a couple. Nick Terry, he tweeted, he's a train engineer, but 300 years in the future in a dystopian landscape. Bay Nick, he tweeted, he's the guy who offers you a choice of a craft beer or whiskey when you walk into a hipster barbershop. Uh, this one's for uh, people with kids out there. Pedro said, he causes problems for the Paw Patrol. Mm. Okay, he does look like sort of maybe like a little villain there in a, in a kid's cartoon. Uh, Orange and Blue said, <laughs> he makes porn in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> and uh, finally, a couple people actually. I saw Alex and Michael K. It looks like he makes the magic happen or uh, yeah. you know, more on the nose, produces No Dunks podcasts. Uh, mm. Yes, has the JD-like beard oh, there. Oh, yeah. Different glasses, of course, but what a look. Man. He's, a, he's a handsome devil, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, good stuff. <laughs> wow, yeah. I got to get a pair of those. What are they? Hopefully they're Felix Grays, because yeah, yeah, those are the some of the thickest framed glasses I've ever seen. It looks like I could run track on those. Oh man! 
Wow. They're incredible. Yep. What, a, what a mix. <laughs> so uh, thanks to, uh, again, at Mike Vorkanoff for getting that started and uh, at Ringer, at the Ringer MBA for asking that fun question and all the funny answers. I was laughing to myself there. Uh, reading through some of those. Okay, Pick'em Results from last night. This Pick'em Results brought to you by BetMGM. It was the Jazz Celtics game. Jazz were favored by four and a half. Uh, three of us took Utah. Three of us get a W. Tass, seven and two for the month of March. I'm five and four. Back to over 500. Loving that. Trey Kirby by way of JD. Another victory from JD. He's 2-0 and filling in for TK. So Trey is wow. six and three. It's really JD at this point. And Lee, he swerved. I don't know. I hope I didn't put that on you, Lee. I sort of almost. Ah, I felt like I almost forced you to swerve a little ah, bit. Ah, it's fine. It's uh, fine. But you, it was. Uh, yeah, I, it, it was funny because I think Jalen Brown sort of drove in when you know it's like that sort of uh, mop up time, that last play. Why are you driving inside, man? Shoot a three. I think yeah. they still would have covered anyway. I think it was yeah, four and a half a line, but yeah. uh, you just don't want to see you because because it's funny when you are trailing and you know in in the game you're like you don't care about the result. You just want to see them hit those shots and get that cover and I was like come on man hit that three anyway was wouldn't have mattered so it doesn't matter so uh Lee is in last place here now uh two games back from me Lee is three and six so what's tonight's game there Tass we got the Clippers and the Mavs in a rematch of a couple nights ago the Clippers went into Dallas took care of business Mm -hmm. switched it up put Marcus Morris in the starting lineup for uh for Nicola Batum things worked out well they were a little feisty and they won so, rematch, Dallas at home, getting two and a half points. Uh, Clippers favored by two and a half, have to win by three or more. Mm. JD, what do you got? You're going to go three for three for Trey or what? Wow. Ooh. Hey, well, you know, it's uh, St. Patrick's Day, so I'm feeling lucky. I got an offer in on a house. I'm hoping that comes through, yes. but uh, I don't know. I, uh, this is has nothing to do with anything. I... Skates, you tweeted a picture of Dirk Nowitzki yesterday, I think. Did yes, you? that's right. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, yeah, Dirk. I miss Dirk. So, <laughs> Dallas. I'm taking Dallas because, you know, Dirk was always so nice to us, and he's just a great guy. He's so, a legend. Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I, tweet, I tweeted that photo of Dirk like, uh, like looking like that because uh, there was a pack drop last night on Top Shot, but there was a lot of mm. people trying to get uh, not a lot of packs, and I pulled, like, number, like, 140,000. Uh, <laughs> I didn't have much of a chance last night. Uh, I was not lucky, so that's why I went with that dirt uh, fall. Okay. 140,000. Reverse yeah. 14 at the beginning of that. That's 41. That's what Dirk wore on his wow, jersey. Oh, my goodness. Man, it's, it was meant to be. Man. Not, <laughs> so you're taking Dallas to cover. Yeah. Man, man, man. I don't like picking against... Uh, Against JD right now, so I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride the hot streak. I'll I'll go Dallas too, even though the Clippers won the last game. Like you said, Tass, where do you go? Uh, I'm after JD's reasoning. I'm riding that. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Oh Lee, you can pick a game. Uh, Lee, this uh, is for the taking. I'm telling you, you I know, should I know. swerve, man. But but uh, but I'm like I'm sitting here just going. I think the other guys, someone's taking the Clippers. I'm gonna take the Mavs. But now it's like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Lee Lee. You're so stressed. You're looking like Pat Riley. You're sleeping there. But I, I hate it because I, I want to I wanna take the Mavs. I think they do cover it tonight. I think they okay, were Okay, you know what? Lee, Lee, Lee. You know, yeah. again, I felt bad. I, I did. I felt like I pressured you into that Celtics pick. If you want to take the Mavericks, go ahead and I'll take the Clippers. I'll offer it. Because the Clippers, I just don't know if I trust them. I don't know if I trust them. Mate, They've had I'm some giving stickers. you, I'm giving you the Mavericks. Do you I want know, them? I know, I know. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll take. I'll take them because I was gonna take the Mavericks. I just know. <laughs> okay, good. I will take the Clippers then. So I'm the only one taking the LA Clippers to win by two and a half. So they got to win by three or more. Everybody else has the Mavericks. <laughs> oh, I have the Clippers. Because so JD, I, I was like, I, I sort of wanted to see what JD goes. And then you went at the time, I'm like, oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> But hey, listen, you know what? There's still enough time. So if you want to take the maps, I don't care if we do. We don't do no, it very I don't often. Want, no, but, uh, I don't want us. I hate when we all have the same I know, team. so I do I. So do I. It's so, so, so stupid. So do I. <laughs> okay, so I'm taking the Clippers. Everybody else has the Mavericks. Oh, this will be good. I was already watching this game, but now I'm going to be really locked in. Okay. Uh. That's it for us here for uh, The Daily Show. We got another one coming later today, a brand new Beach Steppin' podcast where we uh, answer your emails and your comments. You can email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com. You can join us live on YouTube at 3 p.m. Eastern. 
uh, you know, jump over there. Sometimes get some comments up from the stream team during that one, so a lot of fun. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. I think we're very close to 34,000, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Like, right before we jumped on here, we were, we were inching closer and closer to that. So uh, help us get there. Grab your No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. And, uh, yeah, we think we've confirmed that new subscribers to The Athletic can get in right now for a dollar a month. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks so they know that uh, no dunks sent you. Uh-oh, Tass, you're smirking or laughing. Does that mean you tried it and it doesn't work yet? <laughs> no, no, no. I would, uh, I would let you know. Okay. I'm not ready to go to uh, a website and check quite yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I won't put that pressure on you to fire up another tab. All right, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. You got to see this, guys. Okay. Theathletic.com slash no dunks. Probably a dollar a month. Haven't gone yet, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's a dollar a month. What do you guys think? Do you guys think? Oh, let's just wait, yeah, JD. Do, do, we, right have, do yeah, we have yeah. 15 seconds? Now I got to go to a browser where I'm not sub signed in. Yeah, that's the trick. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, but no problem. I'm not logged in in <laughs> Safari. No problem. It hasn't been updated. Oh, no. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. All right, we'll get on it. Uh, by beach stepping, we will have that updated. Everyone just hold tight. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.